25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the rest right tight. That's right. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. And we're off to the races. What up, everybody? Back with you live on this Tuesday. I'm happy to be in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. I'm Matt. Roger is here. And uh, that means we're in it's Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Day in this neighborhood. A beautiful, beautiful day, day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? How you doing, Roger? Man, I'm fantastic. It's a neighborly day. Are you still mad at me for taking yesterday off? <laughs> no, I'm not mad at you, man. I enjoyed it all. I enjoyed having the day off myself. <laughs> Did you hear my Lee County weed eater? Let me hear it. <laughs> yes. Hey, man, listen, um, goats are awesome. You ever spent any time around goats? Well, you know, not too close, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They can be a little ornery. They can be, yeah. Those anything. Those little fainting goats are hilarious, aren't they? Oh, God, aren't they? You look at them real hard. Yeah, right. No, I like goats. staring at goats. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I like goats. Sure do. Hey, let me tell you something. Uh, Yeah, so glad to be back with you live. And there, if you're listening right now to my voice, there's some positives in the world I want to tell you about. First and foremost, the call screen's working. All right. For me on my end, Roger. I have no idea what, what happens. <laughs> like Listen, little elves come in at night. It ain't elves, and it's not you, and it's not me. Let me tell you who it is. It's Chris... Dadgum Brooks. There's <laughs> he some... fixed it, huh? No. He didn't fix it. He breaks oh, it. Yeah, that's right. He's the one who breaks it. Hey, Chris, love you. You're doing something to that computer in the studio that some days prevents good old Matt from being able to see it. Nobody can figure it out. Chris, you have broken the code. You've done something that Nick Saban couldn't even do, and that is... Break a rule bad enough that it can't be fixed. The loophole can't be closed. I don't really care about that. It's the end of the conversation. All I know, I don't know any of the answers or the reasons. I just know that it's working. And that means it doesn't matter if it's working on my end or not. Because in the past, you'll call the show on the Divinity Equipment phone and Roger will hit the little phone sound. I'll hear it and I'll know we've got a phone call. Hey, do you, do you want to really want to know what it was? What? This is for all you IT people out there, and I know you're listening. Mm. All right, we have two domain controllers. Domain and, controllers. And they were out of sync. 
Oh, now they're in. And it causes weirdness to happen. <laughs> stuff that you can't explain. Yeah, I don't understand any of that. I, in fact, I don't even know what you just said in what language. Well, the domain controller is basically all the internet traffic's coming into your into your system firewall in this case. Right. And it says, "Okay, you go here, you go here, you go here, you go here. You can't come in." You know, it's, so that's what it does all day. <laughs> hey, you say that until yours is not working, <laughs> and then, then you'll you'll listen to me go on for a, an hour. I bet, I bet that's one of the positive things. So, um, y'all give me a call. You can Three call guys me. out there, though, are going, uh-huh, I know exactly what he means. Mm-hmm. They're out there fixing that problem right now, aren't they? Yeah, all right, so uh, give me a shout. On the Divinity Equipment phone, it's wide open to you today for two hours. Love to hear your voice on a Tuesday. We're getting closer and closer to the season. 25. 25 days from today. Whew. Man, I'll be here quick. And I did a little football talking yesterday with the quarterbacks at Mississippi State, and I'm about to let you hear uh, some of the stuff they said. You, on, I know this. On this radio show and on these radio stations, you have not heard the voice of Tommy Stevens, Mississippi State senior quarterback, transfer from Penn State, yet. You hadn't heard his voice yet. Not even on the morning show. But you're about to hear it, Dad Gummy. Right. You are about to hear it. My breaking news, man. Uh, let's see here. I got a tweet just now from Wes that says, Radio Wyatt, learning about the other DC's domain controllers today, huh? <laughs> That's right, the other DC's. You tell me, DC, I think it means def- uh, defensive coordinator. <laughs> That's the only DC I know. Um, so I'm about to, we're about to hear uh, the conversation we have with Tommy Stevens in the media availability they gave us yesterday which was right now right now this time yesterday okay that's coming up also going to hear our conversation with Keaton Thompson the other quarterback vying for the starting job at Mississippi State all that coming up so that was another positive uh you can text the show on the text line uh, it's up and robust and rolling along here we go at 885ESPN okay 601 601- 885-ESPN. You want the number? Fine, here it is. 601-885-3776. What does this mean? We're talking about, have you ever spent any time around goats? And then somebody texted in and said, he spends time with the goat every day, Matt. Oh, me? You calling me the goat? As in the great? Yeah, I think so. Goat as in greatest of all time? I don't even know. Like, there's no... Google category. There's no category of life where anybody would accuse me of being the GOAT, the greatest of all time at. Not the greatest quarterback, not the greatest radio host. <laughs> well, you're the GOAT of the Matt Wyatt show. Uh, that's right. Because only have one. That's right. Doggone it. Thanks, and I appreciate it. Appreciate the vote of confidence. <laughs> also coming up today, uh, Brad Logan from Saturday Down South. He just made the move over to uh, Saturday Down South. He'll be covering college football in throughout the state of Mississippi for them. He's going to be on the show. David Murray from 24-7 Sports coming up later. He was in on the interviews yesterday. He went to practice at Mississippi State last night. And so we'll chat it up with him as well. And I'm going to save something for later that you know be the last thing that I kind of get to today. But today on this show is a special day, and I'll tell you why. That's all coming up. 
In the Wyatt household, it's a special day because it's the last day of summer. My daughter, Mary Liddy, will be going to school tomorrow. Tomorrow is the first day of second grade. Now, is she looking forward to this? Absolutely. She misses all her friends. You know what her teacher's name is? What's that? Miss Wyatt. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that cool? And we had the open house last night at her school and her class. She has this great desk right by the window, which wouldn't have done for me, for little Matt. Matt couldn't have sat by the window. He'd be looking out the window at birds all day long. But uh, it'll be great for her. So it's a big day. All right. Got to jump over to something here I want you to hear. As I said, this time yesterday, we were locked in a media opportunity and Q&A conversation with... Tommy Stevens, quarterback, Mississippi State, maybe the leader in the clubhouse to win the starting job, transferred in from Penn State. You hadn't heard his voice yet on this show, on this station. So listen up. Here's what he sounds like. The kid is mature. He handles questions and stuff like a definitely like a veteran. It's a little bit more like a pro than it is a college kid, frankly. Uh, and he's been around. So listen in on this. Here's some of the Q&A with media yesterday. And I'm in the the scrum there holding a recorder and a camera with Tommy Stevens, QB, Mississippi State. Everybody always asks, like, what's the biggest thing for me? Um, it's got to be the heat. <laughs> the heat's got to be the biggest thing for me. So, um, you know, the guys have been really good. Uh, coach is all good. So, um, but, yeah, it's been a, been a really good experience so far and excited to keep going. Let's get to the recruiting process a little bit. You make the decision to leave Penn State. How did you and Coach Moorhead kind of get reconnected and take us through that process of why you picked Mississippi State? Um, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, interest, I guess you could say, uh, once I went into the portal. And so, um, you know, just like some of the other coaches, eventually, you know, Mississippi State was one of the teams that uh, came into the picture. And, you know, I evaluated like everybody else and, um, you know, eventually found that this is the best place for me. Coach Moorhead mentioned uh, before you got here that when you came in, outside of some different verbiage, you'd be, you'd know probably 85, 90 percent of the offense. Mm-hmm. You know you've only been in camp a couple of days, but you feel like it's been that way with the offense so far. How familiar it is with you? Yeah, yeah. There's a, um, you know, the base, uh, the base of the offense is all the same. Uh, really, the biggest difference for me so far has been, um, you know, the way that some things are signaled. So, um, but yeah, yeah, this is pretty much all the same stuff that I was running at Penn State. What's the dynamics like when you step into a quarterback room as the new guy, the, the guy that transfers in and things? Just how's those relationships been, and just how are you received? And what's the relationship been like with those guys in the quarterback room? Yeah, no, it's it's been really good. Those guys have been great with me, and I think that not even just the quarterback room, but the you know the whole team in general being the new guys, not easy. And um, you know, it was something that I really wasn't too concerned about. You know, I've, I guess I've um, found ways to interact with people really wherever I've been, and so I wasn't really too. Um, worried about the, um, I guess, relationship aspect. And obviously, like, you know, it, it was going to be different, you know, coming here and not knowing really anybody. And um, But, you know, everybody's been great with me, and everyone's uh, treated me like their own, and I'm really thankful for that. Can I feel like you're, by this point, fitting in? Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah, I feel like that. I feel like that way. And, um, you know, there's, there's some other new guys, you know, there's other grad transfers and, um, you know, the freshmen, and they've been, you know, great to everybody, so. What are your impressions of the wide receivers so far? Uh, I, it's a great group, great group, just as talented as you know anybody that I've been around. Um, you know, I'm really excited to uh, you know progress with them through the rest of fall camp and uh, and into the season. You mentioned the grad transfer. You and Isaiah Zuber are both kind of in the same boat there. 
Does that kind of lend to you guys building maybe a, a close relationship, the fact that you're both kind of the new guys? Yeah, in a way. I think that it um, is a, you know, a way for us to relate right off the, you know, from the beginning. And um, I think just, you know, some of my experiences in this offense and, you know, kind of back to your question of, you know, knowing the system and, um, you know, really this being my fourth year in this offense, which, you know, really, I guess, you know, makes me the most experienced person here in this offense. It really, really helps me, um, you know, be a, be a coach at some point and, you know, just be able to help those guys learn and, um, you know, give, give them examples of some of the things we did at Penn State and, um, you know, there's things like that any way that I can help. Um, and I think that, you know, the guys kind of see that, and especially Zub, who's, you know, learning the offense for the first time. Kind of going off of that, Keaton was just saying that he's been helping you a little bit and vice versa, you've been helping him. How, how much of that is you helping him and how much does he have to help you with some of the nuances of the offense? Yeah, no, I think that it's important um, to have that sort of dynamic and I, I, I re can relate it a lot to, um, you know, when me and Trace McSorley were, were battling for the, uh, for the job at Penn State and um, the, you know, relationship that we were able to keep as, you know, things progressed after he won the job. And, um, you know, I think that having that kind of, um, I guess, like dynamic or that kind of relationship with not only, you know, him, but the other quarterbacks in the room that, you know, regardless, obviously there's only going to be one starting quarterback, but, um, you know, if all of us can work together and, you know, one way or another help uh, whichever guy is the starter, that's, you know, that's the most important thing. And so um, I know we were able to do that at Penn State and, you know, everything that I've been shown so far leads me to believe we'll do the same thing here. All right, so a little bit of Tommy Stevens. Now, there's more. We may get to some of it later, but I wanted you to hear what he sounds like, how he handles the interview stuff. He's a mature kid. He really is. Now, what where the rubber meets the road is when you have on full pads and the other guys, the bad guys with bad intentions, are chasing you. That's where the rubber meets the road. But so far, you know, he's really handling it like a senior quarterback. Mature, grounded, level-headed, practicing well, efficient knows everything, ahead of the game mentally. Uh, that's what's going on with Tommy Stevens. Okay, so as has been discussed on the show, on the text line, on other shows, endlessly, it is the competition between Tommy Stevens and KT, Keaton Thompson, the kid from New Orleans who's already played a bunch of football for State, but because of the coaching change last year, Keaton has actually less time spent in the Joe Moorhead system than Tommy Stevens. All right? And my observations, watching him, talking to him, is that Keaton is really kind of going about it like a pro also. No drama whatsoever. Just goes to work every day and see how this thing plays out. We talked to Keaton a little bit yesterday also. Competing for a starting position, how would you say your mindset is different this year? Uh, I wouldn't say it's uh, any different. I mean, uh, there's always competition, you know, and uh, I always want to go out there and get better each and every day and, you know, prepare like you just started, uh, no matter if you're first, second, or third string. So I wouldn't say it's any different. I just want to, you know, go out, compete, and get better every day. You finish the spring probably as the, the top guy on the depth chart, and then you get into uh, summer and you find out Tommy Stevens is coming. How was that kind of communicated to you guys in the quarterback room by Joe Moorhead? Oh, uh, well, our coaches, you know, uh, let us know uh, ahead of time that uh, they might, uh, he may or may not be coming in, and uh, I feel like they communicated that well to us, um, all of the quarterbacks, and uh, that was that. 
when it's a done deal and Tommy comes in, does that put more pressure on you to go out there and show the coaching staff what you can do? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, like I said, it's always competition and you always want to go out and get better, you know, regardless of who's who's out there behind you or who's in front of you. You still want to get better and be the best player that you can be. Keaton, how different is the learning curve? this training camp compared to y'all's first training camp under Moorhead with the offense? Uh, it's totally different. Uh, for me, it, it, it's at least, uh, I mean, I feel much more comfortable with the offense. Uh, the installs, you know, feel like, you know, I, I've seen them before. I know most of the most of the installs except the new, new stuff that we have. So, I mean, it's much more comfortable, much better feeling. How would you assess your first few days of camp and your own performance? I feel like I did well, uh, and the offense did well as a whole. What was the chemistry like when you four quarterbacks and receivers got together in summer just on your own, no coaches around, throwing, pitching, catching, things like that? Oh, that was great, man. Uh, you know, guys, it was so, actually it was so good. Guys wanted to do extra. And, you know, we already doing extra, but they wanted to do extra on top of that. So I feel like our timing is great and uh, we're coming really close together. All right, that's a little bit of Keaton Thompson uh, yesterday meeting with me. It's the first time since uh, spring that Keaton has been made available to media to take some questions and do some talking. It's the first time that Tommy Stevens, since he transferred in, has been run up to the media room and uh, you know, a chance for them to meet and you know and ask questions and that kind of thing, too. So um, there'll be other opportunities. You'll hear more talk coming out of there. Because I believe Media Day may be, what, Saturday? I think Media Day, the official school Media Day where players, coaches, everybody will do a lot of talking is, I believe, Saturday. But I'll, I'll make sure of that. And I think I think Ole Misses is coming up, too, I believe. I know they got some interviews and stuff going on at Ole Miss tomorrow. But anyway, um, it's really not talking season, but it is the season leading up to the season when there's a lot of talking going on. So we'll have more of that. Now, to the text line real quick. Got to take care of some business on something. 100 grand texted the show and said, Matt, can you bring the state quarterbacks in on some boom, as in sonic boom? Well, I'm late on it, but I can sure send them out on some boom. At your request. Some, you can put them on top of some boom. Yeah. I, on top of some boom. Yeah. How about some boom on top of them? There you are. Ba, 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 yeah. So, a little sonic boom for you. Has Beaver come around on his opinion on this thing? Um, I better let Beaver speak on that. <laughs> I don't know I, if it, it's... It, it may be very nuanced, and I don't want to get any of that wrong. Okay. Because if they're going to hate on Beaver, I want them to do it on their own terms. Based on what he actually said versus our narrative of what he said? Yeah, exactly. Da-da, come on! And we'll get a little more Sonic Boom for you later. It always a, kicks up the energy. That was medicinal. Wasn't medicinal? it? <laughs> Hit that again. Medicinal? Medicinal. <laughs> One time on the radio many years ago, I was reading something. 
and the uh, phrase was lunatic fringe. Oh, yeah. And as I was reading it, I said lunatic fringe. Yeah, and then I, I was called out on it, and I played it off like I did it on purpose. Well, somebody texted us the other day. We were we were doing kind of a feature on Jakeisms, and they said, don't forget the Sumotron Tiger. Hmm. What is, did I say that? No, no, that was one of the Jakes. What is? I, I think he was going for Sumatran. Um, and he said Sumatron? Sumotron. <laughs> Man, I love Jake so much. And when he gets it wrong, you could go, well, I could see how if you'd lived in the woods but were taught English and you've never seen this word. Yeah. You could pronounce it that way, yeah. You know, every time I see Jake, you know what I want to do? You know, he, he's always decked out, wears, you know, he dresses sharp because he's a salesperson. Yeah. He's always got some bling going on. You know, doesn't look like your typical uh, outdoorsman, but that's no. his other side. Yeah. And, yeah. and his hair is always like to a T, and he's got a lot of, he's got like Eddie Munster hair. <laughs> thick and every time i see him i want to like give him a hug and kind of get a headlock going and like mess his hair up it's just like this inner desire to do that i just want to mess his hair up because it's always right it's always perfect it's like my whole you know you have those things that pop up in your head you just want to do it because you can't my entire life every church service i've ever sat in a sanctuary at some point i daydream about throwing a football inside that sanctuary. <laughs> could I get in the could I get in the back of the church and ring the baptistry with a football? I, I, a, a tub drill. When when I daydream in church, that's what I daydream about. When I daydream in radio, I daydream of putting Jake in a headlock and giving him a mess his hair up noogie on top of his head. He needs um, pyrotechnics. <laughs> Pyrotechnics! Y'all stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back! Back on the show. We had a text a minute ago, right after 100 Grand texted in and requested the JSU Sonic Boom, uh, an immediate follow-up that said, best part of the show. And, look, nobody disagrees with that. Roger agrees. I agree. Maybe it's a commentary on what this show isn't sometimes. Sure. But I'm not going down that road because then that would take away from how awesome the sonic boom is. Somebody run tell Beaver I said that. Back on the show, I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They're your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents you get to deal with one-on-one, face-to-face. The way it ought to be. The way it ought to be really in everything, but it isn't in everything that way. And with Farm Bureau Insurance, it is. You get to deal with your agent one-on-one, get a cell phone number. You probably already know them. There's somebody right there in your hometown volunteering here, serving there, deacon in the church, they're on the school board, you know, whatever. Kiwanis, Rotary, people you know. And that's what makes it comfortable dealing with Farm Bureau. All right, so the phone line is open to you. It is... 
give me a shout. Phone line open to you. You can text the show like others have, 885-ESPN. And, of course, on Twitter, I'm at Radio Wyatt. Roger. Yes. In high school, at, at Prattville High School, I wore jersey number 17. My high school, Prattville Lions over in Alabama, tweeted out this morning, 17 days to game day, and then they put my picture on there back when I played. There's two different pictures. It said, the first 2,000-yard passer in Lions history, a 99 graduate of Mississippi State, lettered four years, Hale State football, QB. Now the analysts, you know, on and on and on. It's about me. There's two pictures. Yeah, it's very nice, and there's two pictures there. One in color, one is black and white. That's how long ago it was. (laughs) But I will tell you, if you want to see what I used to look like with hair, there it is. It's on my Twitter feed. I think I... I, Check that out. Check it out. I retweeted it with a message that said, Go Lions, a little while ago. There I am. And so speaking of hair, Neil Price, who is the voice of Mississippi State football on the radio, y'all follow him and you hear him here on this show. He is at Hale State Voice. He retweeted it and said, I didn't recognize him with all that hair. And so I did the face app where it puts hair, realistic-looking hair, on your picture (laughs) and tweeted it back at Neil and said, what are you talking about, Willis? So if you want to see what I would look like with with hair on the face app. That is weird. How about it? You kind of look like one of them uh, Manning boys. Come on now, Roger. Got that that Ole Miss color on there? Come on now, Roger. (laughs) You could do a lot worse. Not, wait a minute. Wait well, a minute. Yeah, you okay, did do fine. a lot worse, what I was saying. <laughs> I did, because I don't have that hair. <laughs> anyway, having a little fun with Twitter. So if y'all want to see that, I'm on Twitter. It's at. So that's what got the uh, homecoming queen right there. That look. Which one? The hair look. Wait, you're talking about. Um, the, well, you, the, had ha- you had hair in uh, college. I did. Oh, you're talking about the one, the picture you're looking at from high school. Yeah, so that's the that that was the look that she was most. That's the one you're looking at. I see. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess what it is is my wife went to school at Ole Miss for five years, and just never found a suitable man to marry. Just all it is. (laughs) That's pretty tough looking little black and white shot there. Yeah, action. That is against the Sydney Lanier Poets from Montgomery. They were a division school. What now, a great... Did you go down shortly after this picture was snapped? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They like they're getting a hold of you there, man. They had me. But that was after a first down run. That 75 is a big old boy. He's big. That's Geno James. Geno played. Ooh, what a big one. That's him. Geno James, number 75 for the Sydney Lanier Poets. Geno played offensive line for Auburn in the late 90s uh-huh. and in the NFL for a while. And is a. we've kept up over the years, and he is a great human being. Really think a lot of him. Yeah, I need to reach out to him, get him on this show at some point. Hey, listen, real quick. Everybody loves music and fight songs and bands and stuff on this show. And today on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days is a special one. And it's one of my favorites. I could give two rips about their football team. (laughs) All right. But this whole fight song thing, this may be your winner right here. Okay. This may be your winner. to bring it now. This may be your winner right here. Team number 25 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. We're at 25 until 
August 31st. Tribute to Troy, the USC Trojans. Soak this in. Roger, why aren't there more high school teams with the mascot Trojans? Trojan <laughs> Come on, man! That's why. There's, there's your answer. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. Yes! You want to have some fun? Look up on YouTube. Will Farrell leads the USC marching band. He dressed up like a Roman soldier with a little plastic sword and marched out in front of the band of this. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm with you. I am the same way. I have an unnamed texter on the text line who just texted. That's a little redundant, isn't it? <laughs> an unnamed texter on the text line who just texted. <laughs> the Department of Redundancy Department. <laughs> It says, tribute to Troy always gives me chills. Man, I'm telling you, same with me. Almost some syncopation there. I, I mean, it just, uh, like it sends a little shiver. Like I'm ready to tackle you when I listen to that. Like shields up. Now, when they score, they play fight on, I think is what it's called. Yeah, that's it. Blue yonder field. It kind of does, yeah. This Blue is the yonder. fight song. It's called Fight On. All right, Clay Helton is their head coach. He's going into his fourth full season. He is 32-17 and 17 there as a head coach. Did they go 5-7 and seven last year? Did they really? Holy cow. Schedule got right the defense there. <laughs> they never did figure out that whole Trojan horse thing last year, did they, Roger? <laughs> no. In 2018, they had a 44th ranked schedule. Um, they were two and four. Two wins and four losses in one score close ball games. They got worse. Uh, they were up and down on offense because they had a freshman QB and JT Daniels, who is very good and going to be very good, but he was a freshman last year. And they had a losing season last year at USC. See, I told you I don't really give two flips about their football team. I didn't realize they had five. I mean, go back 15 years ago, 04, 05, Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart, Pete Carroll, USC teams, Ed Ogeron recruiting for them, and you know Lane Kiffin coaching their offense. And, they have such and, a heritage there. I mean, go back in time in your time machine and tell yourself in 2004 that you're going to look ahead and they're going to be going 5-7. and seven. It's their first losing season in almost 20 years. Are the fans showing up? I mean, they're no, they're not showing up. And I remind yeah. you, one more blip on the radar this year, and Urban Meyer will be the head coach at USC. And the only thing that will keep that from happening is if Notre Dame were to come open because that's really where where Urban Meyer wants to coach. 
But if Notre Dame doesn't pop open and USC does, they'll get rid of Clay Helton and Urban Meyer will take over at USC. Just get ready for that. Hey, coming up next, let's talk with Brad Logan from Saturday Down South here on the show in the Farm Bureau studio. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. Here we go. I want you to think about something for a minute. I want you to think about the fact that in 25 days, they're going to put a football on a tee. And in the same day, Ole Miss will start the season early in the day on ABC at Memphis in Liberty Bowl Stadium. And is it that same time or is it that night? I need to know the game time for State versus Louisiana. I have to look it up. Same day, State is in the Superdome against uh, ULL, Louisiana, Lafayette, Louisiana Raging Cajuns, whichever one you want to – just whatever it is. <laughs> but both teams on the road and, you know, just near here in what are historical stadiums. Pretty cool way to start the year. Hadn't thought about it in, in that way, Just, but that's what it is. So it's pretty cool. Looking forward to that. Let's talk about that opening up in 25 days with now a recurring guest on this show, Brad Logan from now Saturday Down South. Brad, welcome back, man. Since I talked to you, you got a new um, you got a new tag there on your Twitter profile. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot, man. I'm excited to, to, to branch out and do a lot more coverage on Mississippi State and a program that I've always been close to, and now I'm able to cover them uh, along with Ole Miss in the state of Mississippi. So it's exciting. And, yeah, uh, and I think, to answer your question, I think uh, state opens at 11 o'clock, too, yeah. uh, in the morning on Saturday. So that's in the Superdome, and that's a great uh, spot for Mississippi State to open. I think anytime you can go to New Orleans for a road trip, and I've, I've been a proponent to say that, um, Ole Miss should sign Tulane or whoever to a home-and-home for 20 years. Just go down there and play and give your fans a chance to get away from home and have a little mini-vacation. And I, I've talked to a ton of state fans, and that's what they're doing. They're going down and taking a, a two-, three-day weekend and really enjoying New Orleans. And uh, But, you know, onto the football side of things, um, you know, you, we talk a little about how important the games are, and I think um, – from an Ole Miss perspective, if, if they don't win their first two, Matt, I think that we could be talking about the 2020 season when we visit on the third or fourth week of the year. I think that's how paramount the first two games are. Um, not the case, I don't think, with Mississippi State because I think they're uh, you know veterans enough to where they can take care of Louisiana and they come home. And, and then, of course, they've got Southern Miss and then Kansas State and then Kentucky. So the schedule sets up well for them to, to be very successful early, but that's not the case for Ole Miss. And you know, I know we'll talk about it later on, but those first two games are going to be absolutely huge for Matt Lutz in his in his uh, now third year at the helm. They really are, and and the thing is, it's not a great time, you know, to catch Memphis. I mean, it's certainly. I mean, that's a team that is is probably going to be favored, and they got a good program rolling yeah. rolling along right now at Memphis. Hey, and you know, the other thing about this too is there's been so much talk at Ole Miss about. You know, last year to this year, the improvement. You and I talked about what is going to be the difference 
with Rich Rod, and we, it seems like for their offense, it was last year the need to run the ball more. This year, the talk is they're going to run the ball more. And they have a guy, Brad, and Scotty Phillips, who he's going to be a senior and who was really, really good, quietly really good for them a year ago. And I, I kind of feel like he's underrated. What do you think? Yeah, you know, last year, 39 yards from a 1,000-yard rushing, and that's that's on a very poor team that that uh, last year finished 5-7 and seven, and at one point was 5-1. and one. They just lost the last six. But that's a running back that, and, and I know we'll get to this in a moment, you tweeted it out and you and I talked off the air. I agree. I think if Scotty Phillips had a different color jersey, whether it be in purple and gold at LSU, whether it be crimson and white at Alabama, or it be black and gold at Georgia, we're talking about a first-team All-SEC running back and someone that's getting ready for the NFL. And here's the thing. I think you said the same thing about Kylan Hill, the running back at Mississippi State. If he's got a different color jersey, I think we're talking about high, high hopes for him going into the NFL draft. But your, your question specifically about Phillips, the good news for him is the numbers may not be as good this year, but I think the yards per carry will be even better. He was at 6.1 last year. I think that can improve. Uh, 12 touchdowns, had a long of 65. So with that room getting bigger and bigger in regards to Jerry Ealy, the five-star running back from the Jackson area, now perceived to be one of the running backs in Oxford. There's been talk that he's going to play a little bit of slot along with Tyler Knight, the, the talented sophomore from down in Pearl. Hmm. So throw in Devon Penniman, and then, of course, throw in uh, the other running back, Isaiah Warrior, the uh, true sophomore from down in South Mississippi. And he's going to have a lot of help. So the numbers may not show how good he is, but I think by the end of the day, the quality of runs that he'll have, uh, he's going to be one of the best running backs in the conference, and I don't know that anybody's talking about him at all. Obviously not, Matt, because like we said last time, Ole Miss didn't have one player on the preseason All-SEC team on offense or defense. I think that'll probably change by the end of the year. But as of right now, he's nowhere listed, and I think he's preseason first or second team all-SEC if he's at the big big three in the conference. I, I can't disagree with that one bit. Brad Logan on your radio, you know, you look at, okay, the numbers that Phillips put up last year. Like you say, he's just a hair shy of 1,000 yards. Third in the SEC in rushing touchdowns with 12. He had 14 overall total touchdowns. I mean, super productive. The numbers are there. There's no question those numbers – in an LSU uniform coming back for your senior year, and he's second team on SEC. There's just no question. Okay, so that's the name on the side of the helmet. Now, you mentioned Kylan Hill. Hill, to me, was it was a year where he was underutilized. He still goes out there. He rushes for, I think he's a hair under 800 yards, so he didn't quite get to 800, and only four rushing touchdowns, but he was the team's second-leading receiver, had four touchdowns receiving, and I, I just I feel like he's a good enough player that he was maybe a little underutilized last year. Therefore, that's why he's underappreciated. What do you think? I think he was a lot underutilized last year. I think Kylan Hill is not only one of the best running backs in the conference, he's one of the best in the country. I just don't think he's gotten the opportunities. You know, he averaged 6.3 yards a carry, but, you know, that four touchdowns, uh, he should have 14 touchdowns this year. I mean, looking at the schedule, and those first four games we've already talked about it. Then you go to Auburn, then you go to Tennessee, then you come home to LSU. By the time Mississippi State faces LSU, Colin Hill should be close to six, seven hundred rushing yards. And that's basically 
quarterback, whoever it is, whether it's Stevens or whether it's Thompson, turning around and giving him the football. And then when he gets tired, throw in Nick Gibson, who's not bad himself. And then not to mention that, that uh, Juco transfer in Kareem Walker, who had he actually in 17 played five games in Michigan. So he's got plenty of experience on the D1 level. So that, there's some there's some ways to spell him. And I think Mississippi State has one of the best offensive lines easily in the, in the conference. So uh, this is set up to be a great offense for Kylan Hill. The question is, Matt, has Joe Moorhead adapted as much as we think he has? You know, he adapted well in the back half of the season with Nick Fitzgerald at quarterback when he finally decided he's going to run that option, he's going to allow him to make some decisions at the line of scrimmage, run the ball a lot more. That's why they were so much more effective down the stretch last year. Now, we hear at SEC Media Day that Joe Moorhead says, we're getting back to Mississippi State football. We're going to run the football. And I don't know why he wouldn't with this baby of running backs and this excellent offensive line. I think a lot of people are making a big deal about who's the quarterback going to be. I mean, look, if you ask a graduate transfer to come into your program with one year left, you're not asking him to come up and back up someone. You're asking him to come in and play. So if we think it's going to be Stevens, I think it's set up perfect for him to come in and succeed immediately because he's going to have a great running attack, and now the question is who's he going to throw it to. But as for Colin Hill, I'd give him the ball until his tongue hung out. That's kind of what my dad said, an old football coach. We talked about running and throwing, and I said, Dad, what do you think? And he says, I'd give it to him until his tongue hung out. <laughs> he would give out. So that, that's that's kind of the way I, I'm thinking about Colin Hill. Just give it to him until he can't go anymore. Look, he was pretty vocal on social media with his critics about how he's ready to go, he's ready to go. I think we need to see if he can back it up, and I, I think this year's a great year for him to, to, to break out. No doubt. Brad, I appreciate your time. Y'all follow him on Twitter at BradLoganCOTE, and check my Twitter feed if you want a link right there. I got about a minute left real quick. Brad, I was looking at the opening weekend games in that Duke versus Alabama game, and obviously Alabama's going to run out of there with that game. But when you take a close look at Duke, it's downright miraculous what David Cutcliffe has done with that program, isn't it? It is, and it's again, this is we'll be seventy-five years old and wondering what happened with David Cutcliffe and Ole Miss uh, yeah. when he was run out of town after one year. So he's a he's a he's a phenomenal coach, and I don't think there's any coach that can get more out of his players with the lack of talent than he does. I mean, he he kind of does more with his. You know than anybody else does with theirs, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And, and I encourage anyone, I think you actually retweeted this not long ago, there's a clip about offensive line play. And um, I encourage anyone to go on Twitter and just kind of type in David Cutcliffe, offensive line. And there's a great, great story about offensive line that, that, that David Cutcliffe said. And, you know, he's a player's coach and he's a really good guy. And uh, anytime he succeeds at Duke, it's always brings a smile to my face. Brad, thank you. Yeah, it's great to talk with you. It's really good stuff today, talking running backs, and we'll talk again soon. Hats off on the move over to Saturday down south, and we'll send people over to your Twitter feed. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Matt. Talk to you soon, buddy. All right, talk to you soon. Brad Logan. On Twitter, he is at BradLoganCOTE. Give him a follow. Yeah, I agree with that. Phillips underrated. The numbers he put up last year, if he's on a different team in the SEC, he's on the all-SEC team. Kylan Hill, as much ability as anybody you can find and a little bit underutilized last year. I think all that's true. All right, hour one in the books here in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Stick around.
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. 